Your mind is a garden. Your thoughts and ideas are the plants that grow in it. The quality of the plants will be determined by the conditions in the garden. If you nourish it regularly by building up your mind, then over time, these little seeds will sprout into deeply rooted thoughts. You can develop complex ideas that grow, interconnect, and produce fruit. If, however, you neglect your mind and remain in a state of shallow thinking, then the garden won't flourish. You'll have a garden of overgrown weeds, unfocused thoughts that you haven't deeply examined. The solution? Build your mind, especially when you're young. This is how to build your mind in your 20s. I'm Celeste Renee, and you're listening to A Better Way to Say. Welcome back. I missed you all last week because we are now on a bi-weekly episode cadence. So even though we won't have weekly episodes, don't worry. There's a lot of helpful content coming your way, including a newsletter that I'm working on. So if you want to be among the first to receive that newsletter, you can click the link in the show notes and sign up. Of course, you can expect the competent communication tips and lessons that I love to share here, but it's also going to be personal development focused. So expanding the scope to talk about more ways to improve yourself that go beyond being directly linked to what you say. And that brings us to the topic of today, something I think is super important to talk about, which is building up your mind. I am in my 20s, like many of you, and I recognize that this decade is a crucial time to create the habits that will help me become an ideal version of myself. Whatever your ideal version is of yourself, you're not just going to wake up when you're older and have it all click. You have to lay the groundwork. And that means taking steps to say no to distractions and making room for personal development. And to me, this starts in the mind. This idea of training up the mind is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. And it's an ancient idea. It's one that we can learn about from Greek philosophers like Plato and Aristotle. I've been reading their works lately, reading about them, and building out a process in my own life to cultivate a flourishing mind garden. So that's what I want to help you with today. We're going to discuss how to build up your mind when you're in your 20s and how that can lead to your future success. So let's get into how to do it. Now is the best time to tend to your mental garden. Give it water in the form of quality information you consume, fresh air by clearing distractions to examine ideas, and sunlight as you apply the learnings to your life. That is a tweet I wrote or I guess it's not called a tweet now. It's on X. <laughs> you can see me there at Hey Celeste Renee. But let's talk about the first part of that analogy, water. How do we nourish our mental garden? My advice is to build a learning routine. The educated differ from the uneducated as much as the living from the dead. Aristotle. The ancient Greek philosophers placed emphasis on the pursuit of knowledge because they realized it was necessary for a flourishing society. 
And this is an eternal truth we can use to help guide us. You need to make learning a part of your daily life. It's one of the best things you can do for your future self and also for your current self because it's fulfilling and fun when you start stacking your knowledge and growing your level. Another reason this is important is because building up your mind will influence your entire worldview. I was talking to my sister about this fact that the immaterial things in our lives have the most real effects. You never see your mind, but it's responsible for how you see the world and the risk you decide to take or the opportunities you go after your confidence levels, there's so much that's influenced by your mind. So nurturing it with valuable information is essential if you want to improve in any area of your life. Let's talk about how to actually do this. How do you build a learning routine? The fact is you can learn just about anything, and that might sound overwhelming, but If you think about this more, you can really narrow down the field of things that you're going to study. Let me explain. In Plato's Republic, he's speaking about how to create a just society. And when he's talking about educating children, he says that education should be amusing, not forceful, so that educators can, quote, discover with accuracy the peculiar bent of the genius of each. He's talking about this idea that there are unique subjects that hold each child's interests. And I think that this bent is something you still have. There are certain areas that light you up and make you want to know more. So when you start learning, start in an area that excites you. Pursue your curiosities, set aside time to acquire knowledge, and then apply it in your life. I'll quickly walk you through what an example learning routine could look like when you're also balancing a full-time job, trips, lots of romantic interests, you know, all the trappings of life in your 20s. So let's say you have one skill-based learning goal, like speaking another language, and then one self-improvement-based goal, like learning about psychology. You would build a learning goal for each interest and then break that goal into the exact steps you need to take to reach it. From there, you build these steps into your weekly routine until you hit your goal and then you set a new one. So for me, I have a chunk of my day blocked out 30 minutes every morning to read about one of my interests. So I might be reading a philosophy book or communication book. And this is just one portion of my learning routine, but it's an important one. And then I'll also have a time set aside for storing that information, you know, writing notes and keeping it in a place that I can access it so that I'm building that knowledge portal over time. If you want me to do a deeper dive or a full episode on how to build a cohesive learning routine, just let me know. You can DM me on X at Hey Celeste Renee, or you can email me if you want to be a little retro. You can email me at Celeste Renee at betterwaytosay.com. The links are in the show notes as usual. 
All right, as we continue to water the mind, there's one area of interest that I believe every 20-something needs to get familiar with. If you're wondering where to start with your learning journey, here's my recommendation. Study human behavior. I mean the things that influence us, the primal instincts that are deeply instilled in us that we don't even recognize them, the incentives, the motives. Learning about human nature is really helpful for understanding yourself and others. Now, Plato believed that to have a healthy and just state, you needed to understand the individuals within it. And he wrote a lot about this. He even wrote that the soul could be split into three different parts. So he wrote that there's an appetite part of the soul. This is where your desires are. So the part of you that seeks pleasure and comfort. And then above this, like one higher level is the spirited part, which is the seat of emotions. So the part of us that loves the thrill of a challenge or gets angry when we are wronged. And lastly, above that would be the mind. So this is ruled by knowledge and it's the part of us that seeks out truth. And in Plato's ideal state, the leaders are those who allow that third part, the knowledge, the mind part of their soul to have dominance over the other two parts. So in this, we can see Plato trying to make sense of the very complex nature of humans And obviously you're not planning out the perfect political system like he was, but you are navigating relationships with people who are ruled by desires, emotions, thoughts, and by studying the individual, you learn more about yourself and also about the people you are dealing with. I have a friend who is a political strategist and he often delivers talks to campaign heads, company executives, very powerful people. I asked him once before one of his events if he was nervous for the talk, and he said, no, I understand these people inside and out. I know what they want. I know how they operate. I know who they need to keep happy, who they answer to. He didn't need to be nervous because he had a firm grasp on the inner workings of the people that he wanted to connect with. And that's the goal. So to do this, there are many directions you can go. There's lots of avenues to study human behavior. But if I had to summarize it in one sentence, it's observe yourself, observe others, and study from mentors. I am going to dedicate a newsletter article to this. So You can sign up for the newsletter in the show notes below if you want to learn more about how to do this in depth, how to observe others, observe yourself, and pick a good community of mentors to learn this skill of studying human behavior from. But for now, we're going to move on to the next element necessary for a flourishing mind garden, and that is fresh air. So how do we give ourselves fresh air in our minds. My recommendation is to declutter your digital space. If we're being honest, we know that a lot of our lives, a lot of our time is spent online. 
If you want to get granular about it, you can open up your phone right now and check what your daily screen time is. I'm not judging, just asking. (laughs) But you want to optimize this because you know life happens online. A lot of stuff happens online. You don't want to just completely remove yourself, but you do want to consume intentionally. You're not meant to be a slave to an algorithm. And because a well-ordered mind is a focused one, you don't want hours of scrolling that's going to destroy this goal. So the solution, build your own digital environment. This act of curating your content so that it serves a purpose is empowering. You've probably heard of a digital detox where you take a break from a certain social media platform and then you return supposedly refreshed and a new person. But this is something different. This is a way of using social channels and websites to build up your mind rather than to mindlessly take in content. So ask yourself, what distractions could you immediately remove or which items are you dumping time into for no returns? Essentially, you can think of it as bringing structure to your online world. This happens in two portions. The first is you remove the weeds. So start by unfollowing or unsubscribing from content that isn't uplifting, isn't inspiring or educating you, and also removing content that doesn't align with your ideal self. I know this sounds kind of abstract, so here's an example from my own journey. I have been really shifting away from owning a lot of clothing and cutting down my closet. So I'm now focusing only on buying high quality items that I am going to wear for a long time. That means that big fast fashion accounts, I don't, I don't want to follow them. So I unfollowed all those type of accounts. Now, of course, I still want style inspiration. I still like fashion, but I'm going to get it from creators that focus on quality and kind of unique takes on fashion rather than mass produced clothing. So this is just one example, but keep in mind that the content you consume seeps into your thought patterns and into your self-perception. So it's really important not to skip this step. You want to remove anything that's negatively impacting you and clear it out, freshen it, open the curtains of your digital world to make room for that value adding content. So that brings us to step two in this little digital cleanup. And that would be to go in and start adding the content that aligns with your interests. So start following the author who's writing you really admire or the account that posts book recommendations in an area that interests you. Or you can find an email newsletter that sends you case studies about your industry that you can apply in your meetings and in your own projects. Basically, you're giving your consumption a focus, an upward trajectory. You're surrounding yourself with messaging that sharpens your mind and sparks new ideas. And as you have these new ideas, you'll need to examine them, which leads me to the next part of our fresh air routine. 
and that is to spend time in thought. I know that sounds pretty obvious. If you want to build up your mind, you need to think. Who could have guessed? But I do think it's worth mentioning here because how often do you spend time just thinking? Just time set aside, no headphones or anything in the background, simply sitting with your thoughts. If this sounds difficult, then it's even more of a reason to do it. It'll get easier with time. But a good thing to do is go on a walk and think. Because walking can actually help you think more clearly. And this was something the ancient Greeks did. Aristotle would lecture to his students while walking around the Lyceum, which is a school he founded. And I I find walking to be really helpful for clearing my mind and thinking more deeply too. So give it a try. You never know what thoughts might come up. I remember asking myself on one of the walks that I was out and about on, what do I think about the most? If I split my thoughts into a pie chart, what takes up the biggest portion? And then what's the second biggest, third, you know? And as I went down the list, I realized that there were certain things that I was just spending too much time thinking of and other things that I wanted to spend more time thinking of. So you can get meta and think about your thoughts, think about how you think, or you can get more focused and start thinking about the ideas you've been having throughout the week and even think about how to solve certain problems. Just get in the habit of spending time in thought. All right, that brings us to the next essential for your mind garden, and that is sunlight. So how do you bring sunlight in? This involves putting your learnings to use. You're not just a thinker. You are a person of action. You have to put to use what you are learning. And this is where you really start to grow, to blossom, if you will. Plato is a great example of this. I know it's easy to think of a philosopher as someone who is sitting at a desk and pondering ideas in the abstract. But this was not the case for Plato. He was a doer. He, yes, studied, but he was also an athlete and he traveled a lot in his youth. He wrote arguably the most influential political philosophy book, The Republic, and he also founded the academy where he educated men who were seeking knowledge. Aristotle was among his students. So as you seek knowledge in your areas of interest, remember to apply it. You can do this in the form of teaching others. They say that you learn as you teach, so that's a great way to keep growing. You can also write about your learnings and then publish it out into the world. And another option is to find a community with your similar interests because that will give you the chance to articulate your thoughts and also to take in different perspectives around whatever subject has your interests. So remember, water in the form of quality information that you take in, fresh air by removing distractions and examining your ideas, and then sunlight as you start to apply the learnings into your life. I know this type of episode is a bit different from what's been the norm on the show, so I hope you enjoyed. And of course, you can send me your feedback and your episode requests at Hey Celestrine on X. 
Thanks so much for tuning in and I will catch you on the next episode of A Better Way to Say. Thank you.